ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. Dude, Okada, Omega, this is like the match, right? I, yes, I, yep. I don't watch this stuff. I, I, I've i probably seen highlights of this. I've never sat down to watch the entire thing. This is supposed to be like the best match in history, right? This is the, the number one of the trilogy, yes. And so we are we're getting into it a little bit here. This is uh this broke the Meltzer scale. And so we are uh we are on uncharted territory, I guess is the best way to put it here. But yes, this is uh excited to cover this one because uh it has been a while since I've watched it, of course, uh you know, really since the trilogy happened. So it should be good though. Man, I'm. I just I don't know what to expect. I'm really looking forward to this. I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy the match. And you you know I know nothing about this stuff, so I'm gonna let you steer the ship in terms of the card and the build to this. And I'm yeah. I'm just a fan, but I'll uh, I'll certainly share my my feelings and perspectives during the match. And of course, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Plenty so of other right. stuff to talk about too. But I'm looking forward to this. So. Let's get right into the build. Oh, it's time for the build. Yeah, so starting right here, of course, New Japan Pro Wrestling, January 4th, 2017, the Tokyo Dome, as always, we're looking at about 26,000. And so uh, Wrestle Kingdom, of course, for those of you newcomers to the show in 2023, you know, this is their WrestleMania. This is the show that they build to. Uh, so, you know, many of us are familiar with the fact that we have the G1 taking place typically over the summer, and then you get your number one contender from the, G the G1 tournament, uh, the kind of point systems, not as convoluted to some of the point systems we've dealt with before on this show with different scores and things like that and uh, wrestling cards. But uh, this one just wanted to get excited about. And so Wrestle Kingdom 11, we've got a stacked card on this one. A lot of names too. You know, I, you might be like, oh, you know, Japan, I don't really know anybody there. You'd be surprised here. We've got a lot of names that even today in, in 2023 that we're still seeing that we're wrestling on this show. Um like wrestling on this show that we see on a weekly basis nowadays that we see on all kinds of other stuff. And so um, you kind of, it's interesting to see where they got their starts on some of this. So we'll start in the mask. Of course, we got tiger mask uh, defeating ACH in a singles match. Then had a tag team match or Puggy vice versus the young bucks actually was a tag team for the IWGP junior heavyweight championship. Uh, young bucks losing that one in their effort. Uh, and then you had the uh, open or excuse me, the open weight six man tag team. Team championship with the uh, warring factions, as always, the Bullet Club and Los Ingobernables de Japón of Bushi, Evil, and Sonata. Um, 
uh, taking on actually Taguchi Japan and Bullet Club and Chaos. And so there was a whole lot going on. So some of the names in this one that you'll recognize, of course, you had Ricochet was in this match. You had Hangman Page was in this match. You had Will Ospreay was in this match. And so Dave Finley was in this match. All kinds of people that you would recognize. And so uh, just kind of an interesting singles match after that one, though. No belts or anything on the line here, but Cody versus Juice Robinson. And so uh, be interesting to go back, watch some of Cody's stuff from New Japan, absolutely. And so um, we see it on AEW most weeks nowadays with the Ring of Honor World Championship defended on this uh, show as well. So you had Adam Cole beating Kyle O'Reilly, who was defending champion on this one. Um, and then a three-way tag match on this one. We had Chaos defeating uh, the Gorillas of Destiny and GBH. And then uh, finally kind of getting into your main parts of the card here. They're kind of real stack stuff. Uh, the names, as we all know, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Takahashi defeating Kushida, who was the champ. And then you had the Never Openweight Championship. Goto defeating Shibata. Followed up by the uh, uh, kind of the uh, final matter, second uh, final match here, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, Naito beating Tanahashi. And of course, we get to our main match here, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, Big Belt, uh, Kazuchika Okada uh, coming in as the champion, taking on Kenny Omega with the Young Bucks actually on this one. And so um, uh, before I get into the the bill here, any any kind of stack names, anything interesting kind of seeing some of those names on that list there for you? Yeah, you know, it's I, I as I look through it, I think the thing that caught my attention was just like Cody and thinking about that. Cause like, man, I don't, that would be a really cool, like network special was give me like the last six months of Cody and WWE. Mm -hmm. Give me the list that he published of all the people he wanted to wrestle. Give me footage of all the indies that he wrestled. And then, you know, like, like maybe leading up to, uh, AW, but like, like just that era, like, give me the first six months or year when he left. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just think there's, there's so much interesting stuff there to be told. Remember, it was a big deal that he walked away. Oh God. Yeah. And he was the. As far as I remember, he was the first to like really go, oh, I'm just going to go on the independence and I can still make money and be entrepreneurial and work on the weekends and not have a contract with anyone. Like that's more common now. Even like five years ago or whenever it happened, it was far less common. And the Cody match was actually one of the, the the worst rated matches on here with a 2.75. I say the worst, like that's still very high. Um, and so I gave the O'Reilly Cole match 3.5. And then in order, he got 3.5, 4.5, 4.5, 4.5. And then this match that we're about to get into. And so, um, yeah. And so it's just kind of interesting stuff, but kind of, you know, the build on this one and getting into it really interesting. It's I like the format here. We've talked format on the show over here. It's very cut dry. You know, every year kind of what you're going to be getting when it comes to wrestling kingdom and you're in the, not, not, no, the match is going to be necessarily, but what the opportunities are that will lead wrestlers to wrestle kingdom. And so, um, Getting into that, though, kind of explaining it for everyone. So this, of course, this uh, Wrestle Kingdom 11 uh, main evented by Okada and at the t- um, 
defending his championship against Kenny Omega. So Okada actually won the title. It was June of 2016. So uh, about six months prior to this, he actually defeated uh, Naito um, that summer. And so uh, Omega became the number one contender by winning the G1 Climax, like I said, that August. Uh, It was actually the first foreign winner of the tournament. And so um, for those unfamiliar, the tournament takes place over a couple weeks, better part of a month, a little over that, of different matches, of, you know, bracketed matches and different points. And so, you know, win, lose, draw, it gets you different points. And so Omega at that point being um winning the tournament and so gets a shot at the title uh at wrestle kingdom makes a ton of sense you know no reason to you know do it any differently and so um but his goal omega you know at this point said that he wanted to win the iwgp champ heavyweight championship he wanted to take it abroad he wanted to take it to the united kingdom he wanted to uh really how he was selling it at the time was he wanted to be the uh opposition to the at the time the kind of what wwe was doing and having if you remember they had a lot of nxts all over the place like this was when they were real hot with some of that and so um of course too this was at the height of you know we all see bullet club shirts we all know chaos you had these guys as well too being the heads of their various stables and so big fans of course of factions and stables around here okada leading chaos omega leading bullet club at this point and so um up until this point, this was actually the first singles match between these guys. It was also the first singles match for, or for, for excuse me, not his first singles match, it was the first uh, ever shot at the IWGP Heavyweight Championship for Omega. And so there was a lot on this one just in regards to what Omega wanted to accomplish, what he had put out there. We'll talk about it in a little bit in the aftermath too, how that, you know, how that played out, but it's really you know, won the tournament. I'm going to get a shot at the belt. Okada is the champion. Let's get into the match. You know, I, I'm so pumped to cover this man. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's it really, it's been a while since I've watched this one. This was one that, you know, sometimes it can be tough to watch these because for those of us that have stayed up to stayed up or gotten up to watch wrestle kingdom, uh, at least for those of us on the East coast and the West coast, even worse, like I would have to be up at about three, 4 AM to finish watching wrestle kingdom. And so um, that can be tough. And so then avoiding the spoilers and seeing what happens, you know, with the internet age. And so, yeah, but this one, it has been a while since I've watched it's, supposed to be the standard of standards of all matches so um with that time yeah if you're ready let's do it so we got the daily motion link here we're at the 11 minute mark this particular video is 59 minutes and 13 seconds long so we're at the 11 minute mark are you ready let's do this all right it's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. Intertwines us. While the entrance video for Okada was playing, uh, the Young Bucks leaned over and said something to you. Can you share what they said? They said, no matter what you've seen tonight, you haven't seen anything yet. Because they asked us, are you enjoying the event? We said, this is amazing. They said, you haven't seen anything yet. Oh, uh, who's really? on commentary? So that's Kevin Kelly. 
That's Kevin Kelly. It sounded like one of the Bucks is with it. I, I'm not sure exactly who's on commentary, but yeah. Uh, but this is the English feed as well, too, uh, of the commentary. So, yeah. So get ready. To, I think you had an interesting point here. I don't want to, us to, to skip over your kind of the, the following the story of not even Cody, but like some of these other guys. I think that you, you know, I really like that idea of kind of, you know, following them and, and kind of telling that story. I think that's something that um, we kind of lost with Vince a little bit of, boy, you came up from NXT and that was it. Like you were not a character down there. You are now a character on WWE or superstar there. And so um, I think so much of the appeal of a lot of these people is why have for years people, you know, for a long time before AEW was even a thing, why did, you know, they want Kenny Omega to show up in the Royal Rumble? Well, because he's Kenny Omega. Like, why do they want, you know, when AJ Styles showed up, why was it such a big deal? Because he's AJ Styles, same with Cody. And so I think how much of this, you know, in your opinion, like, are, are we really losing? Is, is that, while well, Vince had to do a lot to secure rights and own those types of things, like, any more like is that the right move like do we need to just let these let them have their character over this long period of time because that's what we know and love yeah i mean i i i think in general you know there there, there there's going to be exceptions right i mean someone that's 35 years old that's always gone by one name and one moniker across the world you, you know, you may need to be a little more flexible with them than the, you know, 22 year old college wrestler that's entering the performance center. Fair. That makes sense. So, you know, I, I don't think it's a, but, I, but I think in general, I mean, look, in, in general, the stance that they've taken is we want to own, you know, we're, I mean, big picture, they're a content company. Yep. Okay, so that's what they do is they produce a ton of content and they sell that content to streaming services and cable networks. And that's it. And they actually got out of the tech business. You know, I mean, they still have the network overseas, but they basically said we would rather sell our content for 250 million a year, whatever it is, as opposed to trying to run a network. Why? Because we're not a tech company. We're not a subscription company. Yep. Let's just stay in our lane. And so part of being a content company is you have to own your intellectual property. And, you know, Disney owns Mickey Mouse. They're not going to create characters that they don't own. So you, you look at the stock price. You look at the profitability of the company. You look at what they've done and... I know it's easy fanboy to say, oh, well, you know, we we should just call everyone by their real name and, oh, we should just let them own their likeness. And that that would be a horrible business strategy and mm -hmm. arguably a strategy that you, you, you'd be screwing your stockholders by doing because you'd be far less profitable. So, you know, again, I, I they're doing what they need to do. And yes, there are some exceptions. I can't imagine if Kenny Omega comes to WWE, they're going to call him, you know, uh, Johnny Superstar. So terrorizing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, so so, but I I think in general, I mean, I think they've done what they've had to do. 
And I think that they've made, I mean, look at, look at WWE as a business, like the last five years. Now I'm not talking storyline. So don't say, Oh, well, this guy should have won this match as a business. I, I don't know what they've done wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, negotiated massive deals. They've gotten SmackDown onto Fox, which would have been unthinkable. Friday night, two hours live on Fox on network TV. They're mm-hmm. going to get massive new TV deals next time. They've launched the network successfully, which was a great idea and not a given that that could happen. Then they were able to basically sell the network, if you will, to, to NBC Peacock. That was massive. Okay. All, all the stadium and now now they now they're in stadiums for most of these shows okay so they've gone from arenas to stadiums they've gone from filling WrestleMania for one night in a stadium to two nights um you know I just it's it's it, it, it's hard to really it's hard to say anything they've done wrong from a business standpoint even this Vince McMahon thing like this could have been a much bigger blow to them so oh, yeah. your your CEO, biggest shareholder, founder, in 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 the tail end of the Me Too era, had extramarital affairs, potentially forced himself onto women uh, in exchange for professional favors, um, you know, better TV time, whatever it might be. Paid them off, may have used some company money and resources. And what happened to the company? They didn't skip a beat. They're better now than they've ever been. And They're so, most profitable years well, ever. Yeah. As much as you want to bash Vince, there was, an, there was an excellent succession plan in place with his daughter and his daughter's husband and Nick Khan and Shawn Michaels. And I mean, they've got this Bruce Pritchard. They've got this great team of people. And so they haven't skipped a beat. And so it's like, I mean... Again, I'm I'm just looking at this objectively in a, in a time where every stock price is getting killed, where companies are doing a lot of layoffs. The WWE is like one of the few bright spots in all of the business world. So it's it's unbelievable how well they've done. So when they want to own IP, I trust them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Uh, I agree with you. So this match, too, you got Omega has been coming out pretty strong on this one. Okada trying to slow it down a little bit here. Some big moves is just kind of catching Omega off guard. And so um, kind of really just getting going, though, at this point. And so kind of a you know quick hold maybe to slow Omega down or big boot right here, just kind of taking Omega outside. He's full speed. That's one thing is you're watching this match. They, they uh, you know, just uh, feel like they're moving a lot faster. And, of course, the uh, production is a little bit different. I, I you, br- you brought up a name, too that I feel like it, it almost doesn't get enough credit in some of this is Nick Khan. I feel like Nick Khan when you know c- came in and I almost feel like it's maybe how he wants it is he does not want to be that guy that people know about. He does not want to be that guy that, you know, he he is not the on-camera personality or anything like that, but he is absolutely he is 100% your businessman. Like he is out there wheeling and dealing and doing everything he possibly can for the shareholders and to make people money and that's what he was brought in to do and it's absolutely what he's doing. Um and so I he, I think he's been, he he he's the MVP of all of this. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I hate to say it, but as long as their storylines aren't god awful, like I mean, like what Nick Khan's done is unbelievable. 
And you can and, argue a lot of their booking the past 10 years has sucked. And it yeah. doesn't matter. Like, the machine just keeps going. It's unbelievable. Well, and it is. It's the cycle. You and I talk like, you know, watch, get excited, lose hope, go back and watch more. Like, that's just how wrestling is. And so uh, so you had a kind of a DDT on the outside here. Okada's getting a table. Is this a no DQ match or do they kind of just let these guys go? And, and They're just kind of going at this point. Yeah. And so, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm with you. And so absolutely. And like the storylines, I'm with you of like now there have been some some not great storyline, more bad than good story lines at this point i feel like with bray we're we're kind of getting a little stagnant at this point we need to have him do a little something i know he wrestled the house you know there's been things happening but um also like it's hard to not say the sammy bloodline like that is some of the best storytelling that we've seen in a very long time out of wwe um and so that's really exciting there's a big crossbody here over the guardrail uh to omega um yeah i think that this is like like there is a lot happening, I think. And then there's been some um some good things kind of coming out of NXT too to watch that. I think that the hell um, body, by the way. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Like it's so it was, uh, like for those of you at home, if you will, there's about probably 20 feet between the ring and the guardrail of people, just how the Tokyo Dome is set up because of all the setup and stuff that they have. And so there's almost like a weird gap that you see behind yeah, the crowd at WWE shows. Yeah. Not great for spectators. No. And so, um, yeah. And now I'm with, and so I think they're doing a lot of good things. We're going to start to see more, more and more, especially now that we're on the road to WrestleMania. I think that it's just going to be interesting to watch kind of how they, um, you know, they build to that. They kind of, we get some different things. Um, yeah. There's going to be storylines that we like and don't like, but I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that it, it's, it's kind of how it's, the machine is always going to keep pumping it out. It is exciting though, to kind of see this first, you know, we are now on triple mania's road to WrestleMania or triple mania. Yikes. Triple H's road to WrestleMania. It is triple mania. Like that's, that's what that is. It. I've now dubbed it triple mania. So here we go. And so, um, you know, and, and so it'll be exciting just to kind of see what he wants to do with it, how it plays out. I think um, this is going to be the most loaded WrestleMania uh, we've had in a long, long time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've already blocked the weekend for those of you at home. Make your block your weekend, get your request for your time off from your job now, because you're going to want all weekend for this one. Um, it's one too, where uh, I don't think, uh, I, at least for me, it's been a while, especially with COVID. I don't think uh, the wife is ready for just uh, how little I'm going to do that weekend, but that, uh, sorry, it's WrestleMania weekend. There's something that'll take precedence sometimes. I, I, I gotta ask, like, because of what it's become, it's it, it, it's it, I guess there really is a question here, but like it's almost it's almost too difficult to just go. I mean, the amount of and I know I've said mm-hmm. this before, but the amount of commitment, you know, you start getting into, it's like, you know, and I and I guess, you know, the happy medium could be like, you know, you go to LA and you just don't go to everything. Like, right. hey, you know what? I'm actually going to skip SmackDown in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to sit on my iPad and just watch it in the hotel room and just chill out. Right? Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm with you. I I agree. I think. I think. Blind. Yep. Um, 
I think that more and more, it, it's just so much. If you go and you're like, I'm going to do everything, you're going to kill yourself. It's just, it's way too much happening. Um, I think that, yeah, to pick and choose like, okay, I'm going to do day two and then raw. Or I'm going to do Friday night and day one, or I'm going to just do both mania nights and go. There's also the XT during the day. Now you got the, like, I mean, you could go and spend an entire every day of the week because all the other wrestling shows that are happening too. Usually new Japan does something. I'm sure AEW is going to try and cut into some of this as well too. Like, you know, that's going to happen as well. And so you just really have to kind of, you know, know that if you're going to be smart about it, but then also like you were just talking about their content creators. So the tea product for me, and like you said, like watching at home alone, whatever with friend, like the product is made to be watched at home in front of your TV. And it's meant to be digested after the fact in clips. Like that is what they, that, that is what it is. Like, like that, that's just the reality of it. And you have to call, you got to call a duck a duck. So, um, you know, to go while it's worth it to go to a WrestleMania because you're not, you've done multiple, I've done one, like, you know, it's worth it to go, but also like, that's just not what they're building the product for anymore. You and I didn't talk about the uh, Mandy Rose thing. Okay. I know you and I shared some thoughts off the air here. I know she is going to make more money than probably most of the roster on WWE at this point. Um, the day it unfolded was very interesting. Um, kind of watching just the world go nuts and stuff like that. There is a couple school thoughts like you and I have discussed this through and through a couple times of um, and and since then it has been interesting. I thought like uh, uh, one that agreed with uh, I think I say mostly agreed with your and our viewpoint as a whole. I thought was funny was a Lundra Blaze Medusa came out and said, hey, you know what? If, however she wants to make her money good for her, like let her go out there and do it. But also there's no way she didn't know what the rules were. Yeah. And so, yep. And I, and, and, and you know, it, it's obviously been a while now. So, I mean, and, and, and that's part of the conversation, right? Is like, where, where do you draw the line? You know, should they be able to make money on their likeness outside of, you know, their, their job, blah, blah. There, there's a lot of moving pieces to this. And I think that, you know, I, my, my stance is, if you, you know, you're an independent contractor, if you want to monetize your likeness, your real likeness, like your person, not your character. Not your, yep, not your WWE character, yep. You want, you know, Mandy Sacra, whatever her last name is. If you want to do that, go for it. So yep. you want to do the Twitch video game thing. You want to have a podcast knock yourself out yep you know because we like the fact that you're making more money like I, i'm i'm okay with that yep um and, and and if i were her or i were any of these talents i i would absolutely do that the challenge oh, yeah. is like it's a it, i mean wwe's disney like they're i mean they have a kid audience like if you're getting away with, like, here's the thing. I, I believe 
Maybe I'm wrong. I believe she could make just as much on OnlyFans or whatever site she was using. Yeah, that yeah. By, by being less raunchy. Like I don't think like if a if a dude is really into her and really wants like to subscribe to her, I don't think that guy is going to cancel if she doesn't, you know, put her hands down her pants and suggest that she's pleasuring herself. Right. I, honestly, I don't think it matters, right? I think like you can just post a ton of videos, a ton of pictures without being like raunchy and over the top. Like, I don't think you need to get naked. I don't think you need to be screwing around below the waist. Like, I think you can just be like a hot Instagram model and do that. So I think she could have, I think she could have done both without there being any issue at all. But like, the question is, does pushing the envelope make you that much more money to where you want to piss off your employer and lose your, lose your wrestling career? I think the reality is it does. I think that she makes the, the numbers are, if they're to be believed or like, you know, even if you say she's making a million, let's just say a million and a half in NXT, which she probably wasn't like, we'll just say a million, but then she made like a half a million in like two weeks. Like, okay, like, yeah, I would probably switch my business model too. Like, you know, and so, um, and that is what uh, so much of those kind of sites make but money then, off but of. Then, but then what? But then what? Then I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. This? Is she going to do this forever? And then what if she wants to start a family? Like, is she going to post stuff being pregnant or is she going to take nine months off? And if she takes nine months off, is she going to lose a bunch of subscribers? And when she gets married, like, I mean, I'm just saying like, does this, does this last forever? Or at some point do you say, Hey, you know what? Like I actually would like to, I mean, I, I, I just don't, I think it's very short sighted. And I think she could have actually gotten away with having a nice only fans account where she was making money and she could have done wrestling. I don't think she had to choose I think she broke the rules and she wasn't willing to stop. And I get why you'd be not willing to stop, but she shouldn't have, she shouldn't have, she shouldn't have been in that gray area. Like just post pictures, like in your wrestling attire, in bathing suits, in, you know, underwear and you're fine. Yeah. The, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's such a weird line because it's like so many, like, I have a couple of things here because you have a lot of indie wrestlers, not even indie wrestlers, but just a lot of wrestlers have only fans. And so it may just be like some of that implied, whatever it might be, but then also like some, it's just that working out, like it's just whatever. And so um, now I think there's been an interesting trend here. I part of, you know, yeah. Was she riding high in NXT? Like she was the champ. She one of the longest champs. Like um, you guys just just having a good wrestling match at these point. These guys going back and forth. Of course, the the kind of big dive there to the outside from Omega to Okada. But um, I think one of the things we've seen in the news recently too, kind of you know, looking at the bigger picture here, is they've talked a lot about 
like wrestler, you know, we, we hear all the time wrestlers trying to get out of their deals or they don't want to be in WWE anymore or whatever it might be. Well, WWE changing some of their policies lately, especially around the drug policy to uh, the rumors are there to be believed are you don't get fired after your third offense anymore. They're also not testing for marijuana. So, you know, uh, looking at that, I, I, part of me wonders, like, is it, did she want out? And this is how she, like, she saw the door. And so, or not, like, she saw the way to walk through the door. And so, I'm like, hey, th- like, they're going to fire me when I do this. And so, um, you know, it, it's just, that's that. And so, same with the drug stuff. If I, Like, yeah, if it's like, I don't want to be here. I'm miserable. Who knows what was going on? If there was other stuff going on. Like it's to say, okay, like someone, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get my third drug offense and they have to fire me. Like screw them. So she's like, Hey, you know what? I I've had a good run here. I want to do something. Maybe, you know, it's the flip of, I, I've had a good run. I want to do something else. What, you know, short-sighted, whatever. I, I, you know, find it hard, I find it hard to believe that she wanted out. I think that it was very short-sighted and she, look here, here's, here's, let's not, let's not overcomplicate this. Right. You're making money from wrestling and you're making money from posting pictures online. Yeah. My guess is they probably were equal. Maybe she was making a little bit more online. Okay. And they said, you have to stop. And she said, but I'm making the same amount posting pictures, not getting the shit beat out of me. I'm going to keep doing that. Very, very short-sighted. Now keep in mind she also has her fiance who from what i've seen doesn't really work okay he just well, he was plays, he, he was let go by wwe he was let go by wwe failed out of the nfl whatever and he's trying to do some you know fitness tapes along with uh her like i think they have some fitness company or you can say you can buy a package yeah okay and and i looked at it and i'm like well that's a terrible business not the fitness in general, but it's like the way they had it laid out looked very poorly. And I'm like, like, you know, Oh, well, DDP makes money doing yoga. DDP has been busting his ass doing that for 10 years, has a ton of content, has a studio, has built a great subscription business out of that. Okay. Like you, you know, Tino or whatever his name is, you know, posting workout videos, no one's going to buy that shit. So yeah, she's. Pro- I mean, again, think about. I, I, let Let's think about this in real world situations here. Okay, they're engaged. He has little to no income coming in. She's making all this money posting, you know, pictures online. It's a weird dynamic, man. Mm-hmm. So he's sitting there, you know, like barely contributing. Wow. Ugh. So that was a springboard moonsault from the ring to the other side of the guardrail onto uh, Okada. That was huge. Here we go. Showing it again. Yikes. Jeez. Yeah, incredible. Um, yep. Yep. I don't love the Young Bucks being at ringside because it's like, let these two just battle. Like, they don't need to be, and I get it, he's the heel or whatever, but I hate that. And it's like, yeah. if they're going to interfere, why don't they interfere more? Why don't they beat him up right now? I just don't like the psychology of it. Like, I think yeah. it's stupid. So, I, I I don't like that. I just like the two of these guys, mono and mono, going after it. So, anyways, the but the Mandy thing I just thought was interesting because, yeah. again, this guy's not making any money, you know, they're sitting at home. I mean, 
you know, she's making all the money. He's not making any money. Uh, for her to make money, she has to post. So he's just taking pictures of his fiance, you know, with her right hand down her pants, pretending to be pleasuring herself on OnlyFans. I mean, if that's again, you're you're completely entitled to make money that way. I have no problem with it. Knock yourself out. But like, mm-hmm. is that really making you happy? Is that really what the two of you want to be doing professionally? You know, she's she's a big family person. She's you know spending the holidays with her family, and it's like the awkwardness of that. Yeah, I just don't know if that's how you want to live. And I and I, I can't imagine you love it. And I and I'd imagine that at some point you're sitting there going, you know. Maybe I uh, should have just given this up and I should have focused on wrestling. And, you know, maybe this is more sustainable and maybe it would be better to, you know, get back on the main roster and headline a WrestleMania at some point, maybe. And I, I, I don't know. Again, I just I don't know how gratifying that is. I get it. Oh, I just put makeup on and take pictures and people pay me. And that's great. Is that really what you want to do day in and day out? Guess so. Well, I guess it, while you're so- while you're while your boy while your boy or your fiance is at the kitchen table editing the photos and posting them and trying to create workout videos and making uh, six hundred dollars a month off it. So uh, to bring it full circle, does she ever come back? Sure, they always come back. Everyone comes back. She'll be back. right. And then for a while, so that was, you had a big stomp there, Omega. He laid a table, like in the, which I say table, smaller table in New Japan. I hate on, oh God. Yeah, and then he stomped on him from the, the ring apron. So uh, I, I did appreciate in the moment how much of it we were getting, like, are we getting worked? <laughs> like, was the firing a work? Yeah. Um, I, th- I thought that was almost comical to the point where even people were like, okay, people like I get wrestling. Everything is a work at a certain point. Not everything is a work. Like we've got to remember that. Yeah. So but I also hate, I also hate when people in the wrestling business go, what does everyone think? Everything's a work because most of it is because we're all gonna, the, uh, the, the, the giant, the giant Samoan uh, played a, uh, played a, uh, uh, Yokozuna. Yeah. Okay, because Sergeant Slaughter wasn't uh, in the army. Well, and I pre- I don't know if you've seen the recent comments or the the Flair Bischoff feud that has been happening online and offline. And my favorite <laughs> comment about that one has been uh, <laughs> Tony Schiavone coming like, yeah, it's all like they're both full of shit. Like. Like why? Why are we listening to these? Like to these guys? They're gonna have a beer at the next convention, and they're gonna laugh it off. And right, yeah, and like Shivani, kind of putting the perspective on. He's like, we've been in this, doing this for 40, 50 years plus, sixty years. Like those two are more full of shit than any. Like, listen to them for fifteen minutes, and they're more full of shit than any other people are on the entire planet. Like, do you really think that they're at each other's throats, hating each other? Like, come, like, yeah, there's probably some animosity, whatever. Like, but also, like, come on, like, it's just ridiculous at a certain point. Oh, I know, I know. And I mean, like, even, it's, like, even Bish, even Bischoff, like admitted, like he admitted that, like he says stuff on Twitter that he just knows will piss people off. Like he's playing a heel character. That's all he ever was, right? That's, that's all absolutely. Yeah, they're they're just everyone just they're playing characters. 
So many of us remember those Eric Bischoff face days. Like, come on. Just, like, yeah. I, I know. And it's just, it, and I understand it's easy to get wrapped up in, but they're just making shit up. So, by the way, right. have you seen the uh, new Flair documentary on Peacock yet? I have not. I've, I've seen some clips of it where the man has apparently drank more than I have my entire life in a week. But, like, dude, like, the guy, like, I think I, the little bits I've seen, all I know is that it, like, he's, it's a miracle the man is alive. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't know the overarching story that they tell in this, in it. I have not seen it. it was, so I don't it was know. good. I mean, there wasn't a lot new. I mean, it was, it was solid, but it wasn't, I actually thought it was going to be a little bit better. Um, I also, he didn't get into like, he positioned it like, oh, I tell everything and I, you know, and it's like he never got into like, you know, cheating on his wives and how many women he slept with and, you know, why he got divorced. And, you know, he's been divorced four times and they talked about like one or two of the women, but like what happened in the others. And yeah, I, I you know, oh, there's so much. Yeah, that we just don't. I say we don't know. Yeah, it's just uh, it's difficult. Yeah, we'll we'll never know. So, yeah. Starting to show some wear and tear in our body. Now Okada's got a big mark on his back from something. It's one-winged angel. Because I think he knows he has one shot in it. So Mega trying to hit his finisher here. Yep, of course. Yep. It has been, I will say, a lot. no real downtime here. We haven't had any kind of like a lot of rest holds since the start. Like uh, we've been moving at a pretty – a brisk pace here and so both guys still showing omega getting dumped on the outside here that was kind of that hurt um so do you prefer like there's the cameramen and the photographers and there's just a lot of i mean there's 10 guys on the outside <laughs> outside yeah, it's funny because if you go back and watch old wwe it's that way um i i i like uh there are things about both productions I like and don't like, but I, I, I actually, there are times, especially these big matches. I really like how they do. Like, I don't like like this angle right now where they're showing like 30 people around the, the side of the ring, but like, I do like some of these. Um, and I've talked about it before on the show where they, always, they shoot lower, uh, so that the wrestlers look bigger than they are and not like from a sense of like, Oh, because they're small, it's because they want them to look superhuman. And so it, it, when you're watching, you'll see a lot of the camera angles, like they're not up on the ring apron. Like they're not, um, you know, show like the hard cam is actually much lower um, than you would see in WWE and stuff. Uh, and so um so from that perspective, like I like it, I think of course, like the WWE production is just unrivaled. Uh, but there are some things that I mean, we know too, like, you know, they're willing to reinvent, like, we you know, the XFL and, you know, they kind of WWE brought, you know, uh, all those different things and, you know, reinvented a lot of that stuff for that FL. And, um, you know, and so I think that there there's opportunities for both people or both organizations to grow. Oh. I know it was, yep. Uh, big chops at this point here in Omega. Yep. And then him taking just the, and so this bump, if I remember correctly, uh, this was Omega got uh, just tossed to the outside over Okada's head. Yeah, you can see the mark on his back. 
And so uh, he went, he hit the table that was set up on the outside. But if you watch the replay here, his back hits this little lip as well, too, that's surrounding the ring. And so there's like, a, it's almost like a, a, two, a, a two or maybe a foot tall kind of pad around the ring, but his back bounced off of it. Um, and so to nasty, take, dude. Yeah, to take that, I remember at the time uh, just taking this huge bump. Yeah, um, to the outside. Ends up being okay on this one, but yeah, just huge spot. Yep. And so that's a lot of what they're checking on him is like that. You can see like he's it's he's leaned up against it. Yeah, just crazy. So like all these people on the outside, like throughout the match and the cameramen and the photographer, I I don't know, man. I think I like it because it makes it a little bit more like of a legitimate sport. Yep. Versus yeah. the WWE of it's empty and there's the, you know, the uh, bell keeper and the announcers. It's just a little too polished. I think I like this better. Well, and you've got the medics too. They've always, I always enjoy after like a big match, they'll have the medics come out. Oh, gigantic dropkick yeah. from Okada. Yikes. Um, yeah. And even if they're not like, even if it's this, you know, we're getting worked and the cameraman's not, you know, taking pictures for the better part of an hour. Like, okay, that's fine. Like, you know what? Like, work me a little bit here. Like, I'm pre- and they are like, I you know we've seen the pictures after the fact, but, um, you know, it's one of those. Yeah. And I think it's just, uh, you know, it was a big deal. I know not a whole lot of people talked about it, but was it the, the, the successor to Kevin Dunn going over to WW or, uh, AEW, excuse me, uh, and leaving WWE. Um, I know that was a big deal, um, and a big get for AEW at that point too. And so um, I think we've always said it, like as long as Kevin Dunn is around, there's the, the rainmaker shot, of course, the zoom out. Um, as long as, uh, yes, you've got Kevin Dunn behind the helm, like some things are just not going to change. And it's going to look the same. It's going to, um, you know, we're going to keep getting the constant, like quick cuts and like, you know, speed ups and slowdowns at certain point. And I get it. Part of that makes sense of like why they, on a replay, they slow it down and then speed it up at the moment of impact because that's the car crash moment. Like they want it to look that much more powerful than, you know, it did when it happened in real time and it is bad. And so, and it does work. And so, but some of that too, I think that, you know, it's just, we need the product needs that refresh and maybe they steal each other ideas. Like, you know, we work in an industry, we say, it's like, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Like everybody steal some different ideas from people that are doing it right. And so maybe that's what they need to do is steal some of these different ideas from each other. They get a little burst here as well, too, trying to keep a cot on the corner. Um, Man, this is just a hell of a match. So we're still early in the year too with wrestling. Do you have any? Uh, I know we hate, we we finished the year with kind of wrestling predictions and whatnot too. Like, do you have any any other kind of far fetched predictions that you're feeling right now, or just like th- like you know things for sure we're going to see? What do you, what what's 2023 going to look like with wrestling? Dude, I I have no idea, and I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there there are just there's. I, you know, the, the biggest, I'll tell you my biggest fear, concern, it, it's, it's a prediction and I'm not, I'm not cheering for it to happen, but it is a prediction. I, I think it's going to be a tough year for AEW. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I don't disagree, actually. I just, I, I don't, I, I don't, what's the path to growth? And mm. you could say, well, you know, Hangman Page is coming back and Omega is great and blah, blah. But that's not, that's not going to get you one new fan. Right. Like, I just don't know. And, 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 and Jesus. Oh, a giant snapmare off the top rope. Yep. Wow. Um, I just I don't see the path forward. You know, there there's nobody for you to sign, right? I mean, I I don't know what signing. It's like, oh, well, if we got so and so or so, so, you know such and such comes in, I don't know who it is. I think if anything, you're going to lose people, not gain people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I, that was my prediction. Yep. And I just don't, I don't know. But but again, I I mean, they're going to get a new TV contract. It's going to be for a lot of money. They are still live programming that gets a million people 52 weeks for two hours, you know, plus whatever they get for Rampage. And I mean, like, I think they're, they're fine. Like, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. But I just think as a fan, like, are you going to be super excited about it? Are you, you know, when they come to town, are you going to have to go like two years ago, three years ago? Like you had to go when they came to town. Yeah. Um, shit. Even a year ago. Now it's like, yeah, whatever. Um, what matchups are you getting that you're like super excited about? Who do you have to see MG MJF work? Like, is there anything left for Jericho to do? Is there anything left for Sting to do? Do you really care about Jeff Jarrett? Here's one for you. How bad did they screw up the whole Wardlow thing? Oh, man. Like, okay. Yeah. You had, you had, and, and I know it's a lazy like comparison, but you had the next Goldberg. Like you had someone that was fucking over that you did a great job with him beating MJF. And the guy's nowhere to be found. And it's he just feels like everyone else. So they told a great story and then just, that was it. It ended. So my, my prediction is they're going to make a lot of money. They're going to sell pay-per-views. They're going to fill arenas, but it's, it's just not going in the right direction. Well, I, I actually had, of course, because I have a shower thought about wrestling and that's exactly what I did. I, I to your point with this, is I, I thought that it was, I, I wonder what the, uh, this I say the writer room dynamic or setup is like WWE versus AEW. Like in my brain, like you know, I just see like walls and walls and like boards of like how things could play out, what we want stories to be, and where people are moving and things like that. I just don't think that's happening in AEW. Um, and so am I hitting the V trigger finally on Okada um, and kind of going for one wing angel. The, yeah, I think that, you know, that long form storytelling it's, well, there might be a couple things there. It's not happening in AEW, which I think is part of the problem is they're not getting us invested. And so every week, well, I think there's good of like, okay, um, hitting the pile driver. Yep. Uh, Okada, I think that it's it's tough because every time you get invested in someone, they take it away or they shoot you down from what you wanted. So it's really tough when you're you're trying to get invested in these guys and then they just shit all over the story. 
I, I also, I just, the, the, the pay-per-view model just makes it tough because like I throw on dynamite, I watch it in the back of my head, Jeff, I'm sitting there thinking I'm not fucking paying $60 for this shit next weekend. Yep. 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 So I know I'm not going to watch the payoff. I'm not going to pay $60 for the payoffs to these feuds. Now, keep in mind, I've probably ordered eight of their shows over the years. I just don't know when the next one's going to be. So so it's like, you know, why why am I I watching the TV show if I know I'm not going to, like, care about, you know, the the payoffs because I'm not going to pay the $60 for it? I just think it's a horrible model. I just think they got to figure out a way where how can we sell? We, you know, we, we know what the pay-per-view numbers are at this point. Okay. They know that they make, and I'm just making up numbers here, 5 million per pay-per-view. Okay. That's what they make on, on the $60 minus the, the, you know, distribution companies, blah, blah, blah. Great. So we do four of them a year. We make 5 million. Let's just sell them for 20. And if we sold them for 10, who cares? Because we're going to draw more eyeballs to the product. There's a hell of a lot more people watching WrestleMania now than watched it five years ago or before the network. Okay. Right. Which means you have more people that buy tickets for house shows. You have more people that watch the TV shows, which means you can get more money for your content. So like, that's like I, I I don't think the end game is getting pay per view money. I think the end game is let's try to make some money on these big shows and then let's get to six of them a year. The problem is you have to find a streaming partner for that. I think I mean unless TBS said hey we'll actually put these all on TBS so your pay per views we're actually going to put them on TV. Everything you do is on TBS. The yeah, they re- use the shows, everything. But they got to figure something out because I think the traditional model just doesn't work. Like UFC's got a good deal. Yeah, UFC's completely different, but they've got a great deal with ESPN Plus. I just don't. I just don't like. I think WWE's conditioned me to say I'm not paying sixty dollars for a, a wrestling show. Well, what was you know, one of the greatest kind of, you know, I, I, whatever you want to call this, but like at the it, you figure in its heyday, like, and I just kind of pulled up numbers so I knew, like, in its kind of highest form, the network had, say, one and a half million subscribers. Well, like, well, that's what they were, ha- yeah. And so, you know, that's what they had. That's what, you know, so you, those people were getting like those pay per views, premium live events every month. Okay, great. Well, then you put it on Peacock. How many subscribers does Peacock have? Is of us sitting here right now, and I'm looking at because the Pe- Peacock 2 has had the World Cup. It's saying that as of the World Cup, Peacock had 18 million subscribers. Like, even if you get 1% of that, like, it's still more than you were going to have. Like, still more people have access to it than would ever with just the network. And so what they're doing with Peacock is it's literally like 
they like we you talked before last episode, like they have built the infrastructure for themselves where it is completely self-sustaining. There's zero reason for them to leave Peacock or uh, like ever because it's it's all there for them. Now, could they like the only reason is they had a bigger subscriber base somehow, which would bring in if they're getting a bigger cut of whatever was out there. But even then, Peacock, Peacock has all the has a billion reasons to generate more subscribers. Right. So they're doing that for you. Yep. Absolutely. And I'm wondering. But you, uh, okay. you get what I'm saying where there's like this disconnect where it's it's tough. Like, how do you get a casual fan into AEW? Oh, if you like what you see on Wednesday, then pay $60 on Saturday. $60? Get the hell out of here. There you go. Now you, now you only cater to the 100,000 people that buy it. And that's just a tiny little portion of the wrestling business. And they're very vocal on Twitter, but they're, they're, they're nothing. They're a tiny little group of people. And for, right. And even for WWE, the other thing is Peacock starts, they're starting to see all these other mergers, like HBO, these other weird things where they're coming together. Okay. Peacock, what happens if Peacock gets bought by somebody else or by somebody else? Like who still gets their paycheck? WWE. Like it just, you know, so the system, I'm right there with it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we're getting. How he didn't let go. That's what it's all about. The IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, just so much back and forth. Yeah, this is I will say too. Pulls him in instead of the rainmaker. Crushes him with one more knee. Uh, some of the loudest you'll hear that Tokyo Dome crowd. Yep. Here we go. Up on the shoulders. One wing. No. No. Jumping tombstone. What a great move. It's it. Yep. Folded him up. Oh my god! What a match! Wow! <laughs> that was amazing. Wow. Alright, let's get into the aftermath. Oh! It's time for the aftermath! I know you've seen this before, but what do you think? Uh, it, uh good 
uh, you know, definitely above average, definitely just a really good match. I think that we know that there's better to come. And so, um, but at the time this was just really great for me. This is just a really great wrestling match. Like if you don't, you know, they, they weren't not as storytelling in the ring as some of their future ones, but still it's just a great wrestling match. If you want a purely like, like, like not sports entertainment perspective on wrestling. How about you? I, I loved it, man. I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah. This was one, again, the story it, it's hard for, because this match, while it was so good, there was so much that happened after there was so much that kind of played into this. And so, um, so with this as well too, Omega actually said that, um, he was going to step away from new Japan. He was weighing all of his options. Nobody really knew what he was going to do at this point. And so um, he was one of at one is still, you know, one of the best in the world. And at the time, even more so some people might've said, and so myself included. And so, um, but this was of course exacerbated that he was coming to WWE. I had forgotten about this until I found this little note here. It says rumors quickly arose that Omega would be debuting for the WWE and the Royal rumble on January 29th. Adding to those rumors was John Cena, posting a picture of Omega on his Instagram account, just as he had done with AJ Styles prior to his debut at the 2016 Royal Rumble. In a video that was later pulled by WWE, Seth Rollins stated that he had hoped Omega would be in the Royal Rumble match. Part of me wonders there was there was definitely some conversations going on. I remember that video when it came out of Seth saying, oh, I want to take on Omega. So I remember and John Cena does that shit all the time on his Instagram. And so, but I think that there was definitely some conversations happening. There was definitely the possibility that like, who knows what could have happened. Um, and that maybe there was, it was closer to him coming than we kind of realize ever. And so, um, and so they kind of started selling it as well too, that he was just, he was burned out that like, even though that like part of the, he was, you know, he had done everything he could, he still lost the match. And so he actually sat out like some of the tours, the next little stuff. And so um, they, they kind of did like play it up a little bit, you know, he, he just wasn't around. And so, um, but he did need to resign as well too. And so the, the rumors were that his contract expired at the end of January, 2017, like nobody really knew what was going on at the time, but, um, in had a mid January, but then he did finally come out and say it was actually with the wrestling observer news, uh, letter or wrestling observer radio that, um, he decided to stay with new Japan, um, and that he was going to renegotiate kind of being there as well too. And so, um, there was, of course, after this, the two rematches uh, between these guys this year um, or you know, over the next year that we will you know, eventually get into one day, of course, uh, just you know, Meltzer breaking his scale and, and stuff like that. And so uh, one match getting a six, the other one getting a seven. And so, um, well, one day we'll get into those. But this one, of course. But how do you feel like as an adult, like. You're you you act like you're a journalist. You're like in your fifties. Like, how do you go? Oh, I'm giving this a six. I'm giving this a. He's just such a fucking dweeb. <laughs> so this one too. Uh, am I wrong? No, I we I am right there. We, of course, like when you're breaking this, I remember it was such a big deal when 
he was talking about it getting like the or the system getting broken and so and people were like freaking out of like oh like wow like how could he do this or like oh the the scale's broken forever now and all these other things and it just like it was such stupidity at the time of like what was going on and like what we were talking about like it's in in the greater scheme it's like are we really like this like dave Meltzer's scale of wrestling matches is what we're like what we're losing our minds over like this is just this is dumb as hell like i can't believe we're living in this world and so um but this match did get a six and so okada uh in 2017 was number one omega was number five um he said, oh, Kenny Omega and Kuchko may have been the greatest match in pro wrestling history and that the match transformed the two from two of the best wrestlers in the industry to bona fide big card draws. Uh, it was a, a many lists, all kinds of lists. It was the match of the year. Um, it was also more recently in 2020 voted the, the best Wrestle Kingdom match of all time. And so because some of the other matches did not take place at Wrestle Kingdom. So it's just like... You know, it, it it just the bar it moved the bar, you know, for so many people on this one. But Tom, what like where do you rank it though? I mean, to me, it's a nine. Mm-hmm. I I just thought that was like it's tough to describe, but like that to me was just two guys just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. And it made sense. The psychology was there. High spots were there. I mean, it it didn't stop. It didn't slow down. I, what I what I liked about that, like, who who were the ones that like before these guys that had a couple classic matches? Um, are you talking in regards to like Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, best Wrestle Kingdom. Good. I have to look. So give me but a few. What, but who are who are the two guys that like? had great matches before them. Uh it would have been Okada and Tanahashi who were the two biggest, you know, yeah, that's not the one. I don't I don't know, but my point is is I've seen other Wrestle Kingdom matches that I thought were very spot heavy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very like too cute. Yeah. Will Ospreay does a lot of that. Yeah. Maybe, okay. maybe yep. it was okay. a Will Ospreay match. Zack Sabre Jr. I, I don't I don't know. I, I just I saw I saw a lot of flippy stuff and I was like, nah, just looks very rehearsed. Um this I thought was very authentic. I, I I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean like a nine for me. Like really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. What about you? I- I think that's a great way to say it is authentic. I think so yeah. many of these matches, like you get into them in your life. You can, you can lose yourself in that match. And I think this one where if you want to get purely like well, spots made sense, like, you know, okay. Like, you know, and were they high risk? Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially that spot to the outside with his back and stuff like that. And so um, I'm kind of looking at a match here. Like, before, prior to this, it would have been like Nakamura would have had um, some good matches at WrestleMania 9. Um, Okada and Tashi was 10. Yeah, like looking at 10. Shibata's another one before he had his head injury would be one. Everybody knows, like, Suzuki, of course, having matches. Like, those are stiff as hell. I think... Part of this is we're just used to like 
New Japan is just stiffer. That's how it is. Um, I think that, yeah, I'm with you. I'm at, I'm in at 9.5 only because I know it's better to come from these guys. And so I'm, I'm going to wait up there. But yeah, I think that uh, like just a, a genuine match that makes sense. You had the flourishes at different time from Omega and Okada separately to slow down the other guy, which made a lot of sense. I think it just kind of that flow of it just worked really well. And so I think when you're doing that, it lends to a good match. And like I said, you know, I think back to like Macho Man who had to plan out every spot, like, okay, then maybe that worked. And he had some great matches too. But then also like with these guys, like going out there, I I don't know how you would ever plan for a 40 minute match. You plan for, they end up going having six minute time limit draws here. Of like, how do you say, okay, this is what we're going to do for the first 20. Like I, I, the, the I don't have the the mental capacity to figure that out because it's just, it's so incredible to me how they go out there and do it. And so, um, but yeah, this is one where you want to say, hey, the, you want to see what some of the best in the world can do. There's no reason to skip this match, though. And it's crazy to think at the time we didn't know we were going to get two more matches that in a lot you know some people the second man you know everybody's got their picks i like the third one because the storytelling in the ring i remember my brother and i talking about it he's like that was my brother actually got retweeted by kenny omega because he was like that was the greatest in-ring storytelling that we will ever see in a generation and kenny omega like retweeted it and liked it and so um it was a big deal um i remember being up in like the middle of the night like watching the match because it was just so incredible and so um yeah, so it's just one of those things. But yeah, so I'm at 9.5. It's just just really great wrestling. That's all around all I can say. Yeah, I I, I can't poke any holes in it, man. I'm glad we watched it. Um, a really, really yeah. good Yeah, we, we were going to start the year with it, but we had some other matches that came up, and so we had some fan requested, so we had to kind of push this one back a little bit. And so uh, we will actually – so we got uh, – looking at the schedule here, we are now getting into February, which is crazy, but uh, we're actually coming back to New Japan in just a couple weeks here. And so uh, one of your favorites, actually, I forgot. So a little spoiler here. We got uh, my boy Shinsuke Nakamura and one of your favorites, Kurt Angle, actually, in a New Japan match. We, a we got a title unification match from 2008, which I – have not seen. I have no clue what that match is going to entail, but it is supposed to be incredible. Excited. Big month. We got a couple. We got Kurt Angle next week too, and so we got uh, we got some big things. And then, of course, we are uh, March. We are uh, pretty deep on the road to WrestleMania with some stuff too, and so um, people get we get to look forward to that as well. So exciting times. Good. Well, I'm I'm pumped, man. We're uh, I feel like we're on a roll right now. We haven't really had a a, a bad uh, match, bad uh, episode here in a while. Just a lot of good stuff. So I'm pumped for next week. Uh, Angle and Taker. Um, I think this was a really good match from what I recall, but certainly haven't seen it in years, if ever. I just know it's regarded as a good match. So be fun to cover, man. Yeah, absolutely. So let's right. send home happy. I will. Appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you next week on an all-new episode of The Pack.